Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Spiritual Success Podcast. Today I have Lauren Watt on the episode and she is a coach, children's author, podcaster as well as a radio host. So she has many, many different skills and today we're going to be talking about her process of writing a children's spiritual book. So I actually met Lauren way back in 2018 at a Hay House Writers Workshop and ever since then we've both been on our own journeys of becoming an author So she has focused on children's books specifically, whereas I'm focusing on adults. And we also have gone through different journeys to getting published. So we talk a little bit about that. She also tells us the challenges that she's faced going through self-publishing, working with an editor and an illustrator. And she just gives some really great tips and advice for anyone who's thinking of writing either a children's book or just generally going through the self-publishing process. So this is such a great episode and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Spiritual Success Podcast with me, Liz Roberta, a place for spiritual people who want to grow, learn, and succeed in life and in business. I'll be talking to successful spiritual entrepreneurs, authors, and thought leaders to understand what creates a meaningful and soul-aligned life. So come on in, lightworkers. This is your time to shine. Hi, Lauren. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. So you are a children's author now, very, very recently. And I would love to know how you got to this point, because actually, as we're recording this, you are pregnant, baby coming soon. So what inspired you to write a children's book? It's always been something that I've wanted to do. But as I'm sure most people out there, you go, yeah, but I can't do that. I'll never do that. I can't do that. And I just sort of got to a point where I thought, you know what, why do you keep procrastinating about this and just thinking so much in terms of, can you do it? It'll be rubbish. No one will buy it. All of those questions that I'm sure anyone out there who thinks to write a book goes through in their mind. And a few years back, I actually trained as a life coach and it kind of, I loved helping adults, but I felt like I wanted to help children in some capacity. And in my mind, I thought, what if I could put some of those coaching tips into a children's book that a child would understand? And I think that kind of spiraled me a little bit more into, okay, I still want to write a children's book, but now I have a reason behind it and it feels more in line with me and what I want to do. So I think that's kind of where the idea was always something that sat there, but that sort of spiraled me into it could be a book that could actually help somebody. So it propelled me more into get your act together and actually do it. Mm-hmm. So we actually met in 2018 at Hay House Writers Workshop. And I remember then you were talking about wanting to write children's books and how we were obviously both there to be an author. And what was it that pulled you more towards the children's side than the adult side of self-help? This is going to sound really bad, but in my head, I went, so going to be easier. <laughs> It's going to be easier. I've not got to as many words. I could maybe have 250 words and this would be so much easier. And you're sat there with your thousands of pages. And I was like, oh my gosh, how is she writing this? Like, I don't understand. I don't think I can do it. So in my head, initially, that was where I was at. I was like, it's easier. And actually looking back in 2013, I did an online children's writing course. And I think it was probably on something like Groupon or some advert that had popped up on social media And it was about £30. And I was like, yep, I'm going to do that 100%. And it gave me that bug for it. 
But then it went to bed because, again, it was that same thing of, I don't really know what to do with it. It's a silly idea. And when I sort of decided, no, get back into it, come on, children's was, it's easier. But when I started writing it, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. In my head, it was less words. It was going to be so much easier. But I decided I wanted to do a rhyming book. And it's unbelievable how difficult it is to rhyme things when you're actually sat there trying to do it. So it wasn't as easy. I'm sure it was still a lot easier than writing an adult book. I have to say, I'm not, you know, it was a lot easier than that, but it was still more difficult than I anticipated. I bet. And I have heard this about children's books and the CEO of Hay House, Reed Tracy, his wife's actually a children's book author. So I've heard him talking about how lots of people do exactly what you said and they think, oh, it's so much easier to write a kid's book. I'll do that. Then they spend six months on it and they're like, this is so much harder than I thought because you actually have to translate your ideas in a way that are going to reach people who are 20, 30 years younger than you. And how do you do that as an adult? How are you going to get through to them? And then, of course, there's a process of getting the illustrations, which are much, much more important in a children's book than an adult's book. You know, obviously most adult books don't have illustrations. So I'm absolutely fascinated to know what the journey looked like for you of actually putting the book together. So can you talk us through the writing and then some of the more technical aspects, like how did you find an illustrator and what was it like working with someone to bring that vision to life? Yeah, definitely. So when I first started writing it, it was literally like, get some ideas down. And you put the ideas down and you sit there and you go, this is rubbish. This is not, this not working. It's not in flow. So you still have that same process, I think, as any author where you chop and you change it and you chop and you change it and you sit there and then you give it a couple of weeks and think I need to step away from it because it was driving me mad because I was getting really frustrated and then I'd read it to my husband and he'd be like oh it sounds really good and I'd be like no but it doesn't because this doesn't sound right and this and I realized I was just looking at it too much so I started to do it where I was like put it aside for a couple of weeks and then come back to it because I was getting too stressed out I was changing things that then were going straight back in because I, I just couldn't quite grasp it. So I was trying to leave a bit of time in between. And then I remember when I actually found my editor and I sent it to the editor and she, I thought, oh my gosh, I've absolutely nailed it. That's so good. I sent it to the editor and she came back and she was like, I love this story, but why don't we look at this, this and this? And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, do you want me to change it? Because in my head, I'd worked so hard and thought, I'm going to send it. It's so good. She's just going to be like, love it. Brilliant. And started making suggestions. And every one of her suggestions was valid, 100%. And she'd sort of say, okay, I understand you're saying she's swimming down to the bottom of the ocean because it's about a seal. But what's she seeing at the bottom of the ocean? And it was trying to make it more magical for a child, more that they could understand it. I know the illustrations, and I think in my head, the illustrations were going to carry it. But actually, she kind of went back and was like, no, you need to describe it a little bit more. Create that magic in your words, as well as the pictures. So I took weeks again, (laughs) chopped and changed it left, right and center. And I kept emailing her. I was like, I'm so sorry. I am working on this. I'm just, and she was like, it's fine take a month, two months, take however long you want. I'm here when you're ready to send me the second draft and we'll go through it again. So I think that was quite sort of, that was a learning process massively because I just thought I'd finally got there and it was like victory. And then it was like back to the drawing board, which again is the same with any author. Somebody is always going to try to help you to better it. So that was quite sort of difficult in itself. Then I was like, right, I've got the text. I know what, how do I get an illustrator? 
not a clue. And I was looking online. I just started following so many illustrators on Instagram, not necessarily even illustrators that did sort of children's books. I spoke to just artists, everything. Because I was like, I just want to, I wanted to really initially work with someone independent. But I also had that fear that I was going to self-publish and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I could go to somebody independent who's just an artist they're not going to have a clue what they're doing. And I was thinking, I don't know what book size. I don't know how it needs to be set out. All of those things sort of started throwing stuff up for me. So I actually ended up, I contacted one illustrator who I knew through somebody I knew. And he was lovely and was like, I can't do it. I'm fully booked up for the next two years. Contact this production company. And the production company did everything for you. So it was illustrating. They could do an editing package. Obviously, I'd already done that. But they did a whole package with some promo trailers for social media, a GIF for social media. It was everything in- included. Now, yes, it does work out quite expensive, but I'd already decided I had the money that I'd put aside. And if I didn't do it, I never would. So it was like, you need to just self-publish the first one and get it out there. So I actually ended up working with this company who were fantastic. They sent me some ideas of some illustrators and said, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Then it was obviously who's available and when are they available? And again, you're then like, well, I've got to wait three months. Why is there not somebody available now? Because you've got into that like ball rolling process. And I think seeing a friend of mine who also writes children's books, she's actually got books booked in two years in advance with her illustrator because they are that busy. And I think if it's something you're going to do moving forward... You need to have that, this is my plan, this is where my next book is, I need to book my illustrator in, because obviously it's a big job illustrating a kid's book. So yeah, I ended up going for the easy option of a a whole company, because I was like, just so lost on my own. So I was like, brilliant, you can help me do everything, that'd be great, thank you. (laughs) I'll pay the money, it's okay. Wow, gosh, so how long has it taken you then from starting to getting out there? I started looking back at it in terms of I already had some rough notes from a few years ago and I got it back out probably about two months into lockdown. I decided to get it back out. And now obviously I'm at the point where everything has been sent to me. Everything's uploaded to Amazon, ready to just change and click, you know, now available, good job, ready to roll. So it's taken me like it will have been over a year and I could have done it so much quicker I just wasn't in that rush. I wanted to get it right. And I have been over it so many times. And I think that's why it's taken me a little bit longer. And it was quite difficult sort of working with the production company as well that were putting it all together. And that had its challenges as well, which I think took me quite a bit of time to get those things right as well. So what were the challenges? What did you come up against throughout this whole process? Obviously, you talked about going over it again and again yourself and the kind of time management and sending it back to the editor, but what did you come up against kind of with other people or with the process of self-publishing? I think the hardest thing for me was it was all online through an online chat system. Sometimes I am, I'm only 36, but I'm pretty old school. And I'm like, pick the phone up to me. Let's just talk on the phone. I don't want to do it all by the internet. Like I just want to speak to somebody and explain what, because you're trying to type out what you mean. And then it would come back not and I'm like, no, 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 that's not, that's not what I meant. And I found that quite difficult. So when I initially sent it, I didn't get asked many questions. It was kind of like, great, we've got the story. I got the whole first lot of illustrations and it was all based like in snow and ice. And I was like, oh, it's supposed to be based at the beach. 
Like, what? But because it was a seal, it could have been a seal at the beach, could have been a seal in the Arctic. Like, it could have been either. But because I wasn't necessarily asked those questions, it was just like, if you could send us the final draft, we'll connect you. And it, we hadn't even had like an initial conversation and the illustrator had done a first draft of illustrations. And I was like, this is, this is not right. And I just felt awful saying it. But in my head, I was thinking, this is, this is not what I imagined my book. And then I worried a little bit of, can I say this? Can I do it? And I was like, no, I'm paying a lot of money. Yes, you can. You need to say what you want because this is not the story you want. And there were lots of sort of images I had in my head. And I think if they'd have asked me and said, what illustrations are you thinking for this page? We may have saved a lot of the legwork at the start. So I think that was probably my biggest challenge and knowing that it's okay to say, I don't like it. And I felt sometimes, because obviously it was a company and they were brilliant, but I did feel sometimes the illustrator would upload a new version and then somebody from the company would come in and go, this is amazing, which then made me feel worse to go back and go, it is, but it's not what I visualized for that page. And it just was trying to find that confidence to go, you know what, it's okay. Say you don't like it. You're paying a lot of money. This is your story. This is what you visualized it to be. It's got to be right. So that was probably my biggest challenge was communication and just wanting to just talk to somebody and explain it a little better. And I feel like the process might have been a bit quicker. And I probably was a little bit of a nightmare in terms of that. And then the other sort of challenge that I came up against, which wasn't necessarily with the illustrator, was initially I had my editor who'd edited it all and then I got a couple of people just to have a look at it and from a grammar and punctuation point of view everyone was picking out different grammar and they were like that shouldn't be there that shouldn't be there and I was like sorry then I went into panic mode and that stalled me for a couple of months because I was like well I need to get someone else to have a look at it well I need to pay a second editor because I don't want it to go out in punctuation not to be right so I actually ended up paying a second editor and she come back with a totally different draft to the first editor. And I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm even more confused. And she made sense of it though. And I went back to the first one and she said, either way is absolutely fine. It's all very subjective to the reader and how they're reading it. So that kind of made me think, okay, I understand that more. Every reader will read it slightly different. So it's very subjective in terms of some of the grammar. But it just, it made me feel a little bit happier. And I sort of pieced together bits of the two. Somebody went through it and was like, yes, that all works. Yes, that's all correct. But that was a massive thing for me. You know, and you get people that go, who's going to even look at that? Who's going to even notice that? And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. For me, that has to be correct because it's a children's book. I want that correct. And I was willing to pay for a second editor to make sure I got it right. That's amazing. And when you did the second draft of the illustrations, did you work with the same illustrator again or with someone else? Yeah, so it was the same illustrator and we kind of had quite a few drafts, to be honest. There were some images that were just not working for me. I mean, some images we had four or five versions of because they were just being changed and changed and changed because I was like, no, that's still not quite. But again, I think that was probably because it was in written form. So I'm like, can you try and do the sunset like this? And I'd like the seal in the actual sun and a silhouette in the sun going out. And you try and explain it. And I was like, no, no, no. I wanted her sort of in the... And I think that's what took the process. But she was fantastic. And she'd have a second draft turned around so quickly for me. 
that it was absolutely brilliant. And then it came together and it was all sort of what I wanted. The pictures were what I wanted. It was a bit more fun and a bit more out there. And I just started to feel like, yeah, this is the book that I wanted. So it did start to come together and she was quite patient with me. Well, I know when I've had any graphic design work done, it's always been, you know, two or three versions. Because like you said, when you're paying for it, you don't want to be stuck with something you're not happy with. So I think they are quite used to it. And when I have had that work done, they always say, no, I want you to be happy with it. Like they don't want you to go away and think that they're no good because they haven't given you what you want, because then you're not going to recommend them and you're not going to really love what they've created. So I think they are used to it. And I remember when we were voice noting each other and it was about the same time that I was doing my book cover and I had something similar, like I sent a brief though and then it came back just not as the brief and I was having my own uh, situation with that. And then you were having the situation with your illustrator as well. And you made such a good point that you have to be happy with it. And with my book cover, even though I wasn't paying for it, I was like, I cannot live my life knowing that I didn't get the book that I truly want. And even when you do send a brief, which I know you said you didn't, but I did, and it still doesn't mean that you're going to be able to convey your vision, your image of exactly what you want to someone else. And actually what I ended up doing is we had a few different meetings about it and it was me going onto Canva and PicMonkey and actually creating a a mock-up image that really saved the day because I was like, look, I think we could do something like this. And just having the image really helped everyone see my vision. So that's definitely something I would recommend is just creating a rough mock-up in image form, if possible, just to make sure you're seeing the same things. It's amazing from one written brief, how many different interpretations can come out of that? Oh, 100%. Like I sent some absolutely, because it was all on an online system, I would sit there with a pen and paper and I cannot draw to save my life. I mean, some of the pictures I sent the poor illustrator, she's probably like, I still don't know what you mean, Lauren. But in my head, I think I've drawn this seal out swimming into the sunset. Like, you understand that, right? Yeah. And it didn't come back quite like it. And I was like, no, did my picture not illustrate that correctly to you? But you're right. I think sometimes just giving them... And I came up with some crazy ideas. I mean, I've got a seal on a surfboard. I've got a seal with a microphone, either singing or presenting, whatever. Because again, I was like, I want it to be about them living their dream. And I was like, I also work as a presenter and a journalist and a voiceover. So I was like, oh yeah, give them a microphone so it looks like they're presenting or, or whatever. And, you know, I came up with some crazy ideas for the book, but she fulfilled every one of my crazy ideas. So we got there in the end. That's incredible. And knowing everything you know now, everything that you've been through, what would you do differently next time? What would you do to make it easier or simpler or less painful? I think I would probably allow myself the time. So when it came to the writing process, I would allow myself the time to go, you know what, it's okay, put it aside. Don't worry about it. If it takes you a year to write it, if you write it and you write it to how you want it, that's absolutely fine. Rather than, but I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Oh, I've not got that out for two weeks. I think I put too much pressure on myself initially. And actually now I'd be like, it's okay. If I don't release one for two years, if that's what I want to do and I want to release a second, it'll happen when it happens. So take that pressure off of myself and just enjoy the process because I think it got a little bit stressful that I started to not enjoy it because I felt like I should be doing it quicker and it should be happening now. And actually take that pressure off and I think in terms of the production company again if I was to use the same production company I would very much make sure I sent a brief and I was a lot clearer on what it was I wanted 
from the off. They didn't ask for it. So because I hadn't done it before, I didn't really think about it. I was just waiting for them to say, okay, Lauren, what are your thoughts on this? I was waiting for them to ask me. And actually then the first illustrations came back totally not what I wanted. But I would go straight in with that now. So be more prepared, have that plan in my head. And don't get me wrong, some of my plans didn't even work. And I totally changed it as we went and went, that looks absolutely rubbish. That is not what I was thinking. But just being more prepared and allowing myself to enjoy the process and take the time to do it. Not rush it, just enjoy it. That would be my probably what I would sort of do moving forward. Just just enjoy the process more. I love that. And it is so hard when you have deadlines and obviously yours were kind of self-imposed deadlines, I suppose. But with any publishing journey, whether you're publishing yourself or with a publisher, there's always going to be those dates where you're like, I really want it to be out then, whether it's Christmas or whether you've got a baby coming like you have or you've got kids and they're on holiday soon. You want to get it out before then. Or like I said, working with a traditional publisher where literally have someone else saying this is the date. Otherwise, your contract is is void. So there is that time pressure. And I think it's so important to enjoy the process, like you said, because once you've done it, you then are like, oh, I wish I could do that again. Like I know for me, I just can't wait to write my next book. So what was your favorite part of this process? What was the best thing about creating this book for you? I think it is the finished project. Like the product of the book is like there in front of me and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I love this. This is really cool. Don't get me wrong. I've still got lots of doubts. And I'm sat there going, but what if people don't like it? Is it a rubbish story? But that's probably because I have read it so many times now. You start to go, oh, is it as exciting as I when I first read it? But actually, when you sit there and like the, the prototype came through the post, because like I said, I've self-published through Amazon. So when that prototype comes through and it's got the not for resale across it and whatever, I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually it in book form. And I think that was probably, it was a pride thing for me. And I actually dedicated the book to my nan. And I was always really, really close to my nan and lost her at the start, just before we went into lockdown last year. And I was like, I want to dedicate the book to my nan. That was my thing. And when I opened the book and I saw the little dedication that was like for my nana, who never stopped believing in me, there's just a sense of pride And, you know, I could sit here and go, yeah, it'd be amazing to be with a publishing company, have it published through somebody. Yes, that would be fantastic. That wasn't the route I took, not because I didn't want to, just because it was something I wanted to do for me that tied in with everything I do. And I just I just wanted to do it and get it out there and share a little bit of what I hoped would motivate a child or would sort of give a child a little bit of an insight into something I would say to an adult, you know, and it's, it's about the book itself is a journey of Sophia the Seal living your best life with Sophia. And she talks about five top tips to live your best life. And for me, I tried to put those top tips of, you know, there's one thing that says picture your dreams and what you want to do. And then one step at a time, make them all come true. That in my head was me talking to an adult saying visualization. So it was trying to sort of incorporate those things. And I sit there and I read it and I look at the pictures and just seeing that final book in front of me, I'm like, that's what I love. But trying to turn those things into a way a child hopefully will understand them. I don't know, they might not. But in my head, it was like, how's a child? So I'm not saying do some visualization, do some meditation. I'm saying when the world starts to seem a little loud, stop, take a breath and look for the sunshine in the clouds. 
So it's kind of like, it's trying to teach that, just stop and take a breath. Not full meditation, but as a child, stop, take a couple of breaths. Now let's move on. So I think I'm quite proud of it in that respect because of the message it's getting out there to children. And the best part is just seeing it finished and going, oh, it's finished. Thank goodness for that. Pressure's off, stress is off, just get it released. It's, you know, it's finished now. So that's probably the best bit. I bet I got such goosebumps when you said about the dedication. So I'm sure that was such a proud moment. And you have just done so, so well. Like I said, I met you back in 2018. And you wanted to do this then and it's, it's done. And it's an amazing achievement. And I just think this episode is so important for anyone listening who wants to be an author, children's book or adult's book and thinks, oh, you know, how am I going to make this happen? Can I do it myself without a publisher? And yes, you can. And you are living proof of that. So I'm just so glad that you came on today and shared your story with us and the highs and the lows. And I just can't wait to get my hands on a copy. So when is it out? Where can we find it? What's it called? Tell us all the things. So it's Living Your Best Life with Sophia the Seal. And it will be out on the 1st of August for you to buy on Amazon. So that is where you will be able to get your hands on it on the 1st of August. Incredible. Thank you so much. And lastly, I just want to know if you have any advice for those people listening who want to write a children's book specifically, what advice would you give them? I would say just do it. And I know that whenever, you know, you talk to somebody and you go, what advice would you give someone else? They go, just do it. And that seems like, yeah, that's easier said than done. And I understand that. I was at that exact point. It's easy for me to sit here now and say, just do it. Don't waste your time. But do, just start. Get yourself a notebook. And again, I'm massively old school. I am a pen and paper girl, sit in bed with my notebook and my pen. I'm not a, let me type this story out on my laptop. Obviously, I have to get to that point before it goes to an editor. But I am that old school person that I'll have my notebook in my handbag. And I could be driving along and I think, oh my goodness, that rhymes. That actually rhymes. Oh, oh, I need to write it down. Like, I need to stop and write that rhyming word down because that sounds really good. Or I'll randomly come up with an idea for something else and it's like, just write it down, just get it written down. I just think you just have to start. And that's the hardest point, start. And you know what? If it takes you two years, three years, four years, it doesn't matter. If it's something you want to do, start it. And if you're thinking... I'd love to do it through a publishing deal, look into it. If you're thinking, you know what, that might not be my route, I want to self-publish, start saving because illustrations are a massive part of a children's book and it's not a cheap process. So start just trying to tuck a little bit of money away and start writing that story. And don't put the pressure on yourself. Take your time. Like I've said before, enjoy it, take the time, just start working towards it. Because at some point, like me, you think I did my first course in 2013 and we're now in 2021. And I really didn't pick it back up till seven years after that in 2020. So just start the process. What's the worst thing that could happen? You could write something down and think this is amazing. I'm a genius. So just start writing it. Such good advice. So where can people find you on social media? Where are you going to be promoting Sophia the Seal? So in terms of social media, I actually, because it's only the first sort of book I've written and I don't know if I'll be writing loads more, I don't have, and loads of people probably frown at me upon this, but I don't have a specific author page in terms of on Instagram. I am more of an Instagram girl. I've sort of moved away a little bit from Facebook. So everything goes on Instagram. But actually a few months back, I launched my business, Truly Life. 
which is my coaching. I've got a motivational podcast on there and lots of sort of lifestyle bits and homey stuff and things like that. So I try to combine all of the things I loved into one whole lifestyle business. So I'm actually promoting the book through that. So any updates will be through that. And the Instagram feed for that is at we are truly life. And any updates will be going on there. And also you can obviously keep up to date with anything else that's that's sort of going on. But the reason I've done it through that is it just ties in so nicely with the whole lifestyle vibe, my coaching, the motivational stories that I do on my podcast. It just feels like it all sort of ties in quite nicely. So at We Are Truly Life on Instagram. This has been so great. So thank you so much for coming on, Lauren. And I cannot wait to see Sophia the Seal in August. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you for listening to this episode and please remember to subscribe to this podcast. I'm sure that like me, you would love for more people to know this information. So if you leave a review and send me a screenshot of it on Instagram, which is at I am Ms. Roberta, you'll get a $50 voucher code to use on one of my online course launches. This won't be around forever. So go and leave a review now and I'll see you next time.